Hello and welcome back to Oops More Anime, the podcast where Six and my friend and I, Six, cannot stop watching Japanese cartoons. <laughs> I'm Alan Ibrahim from Chats and Scaline Media. I didn't know there were two Sixes on this podcast. It's six, six and your friend comma Six. Six. Six dash my friend Six. It was an edit. It was an in-sentence oh, edit. Oh, I see. I see. Sorry. I'm not used to editing things. I'm yeah, Six Stepmar. I'm from Scanline Media. What's up? Chicken butt. Even though we've literally spent the last week talking about how like podcasters like, need to learn to edit better and we're the only good podcaster editors out there. <laughs> Slight mischaracterization, how... friends, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're I swear we're cool. <laughs> and not it's not and not really full of ourselves. Why would we be? Uh no, no. Yes. We're here to close out the, the core, the season, I guess. We've we've been talking about it as a core, but then this thing this episode ends and it says season two was next or whatever. Look forward to uh-huh. it. It's like, oh okay, I guess that was season one. I thought this was like a split season. A split core. Do it. a tracer. Are core. you looking forward to it? No. Oh no. <laughs> Six overall takes before I give people the summary. Uh, this episode is a bunch of cool scenes that strung together ruin the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Six and I watched this episode like the day it came out, or at least I did. Yeah. Because people weren't fuck. I No one had any chill. Seriously, I don't want to make this a soapbox about like watching currently releasing anime. There's a reason I don't usually do it. And when I do, it, it tends to be like, this kind of annoying where people like... A friend of ours, God bless her, Jen Uncle, was like, oh, a friend showed me the post credit scene of this episode, and I'm going to watch the whole series. And I'm not mad at Jen. I'm mad at the person who thought it was cool to just show somebody the post credit scene of this episode. Like, out of context, I don't – that you're going to get the wrong opinion about the show. And I literally started the episode by saying we're not going to be highfalutin. We're not going to be pretend we're better than anyone else. But it's, if, yeah, it's, if you're showing people the last moment and not explaining why that happened, then you did the show wrong. Yeah, it's like it's almost worse than a spoiler, right, than a regular yes. spoiler. It's not like, oh, man, and I know what's going to happen. It's like, oh, man, you're going to come into us thinking you know what the show is and you're wrong. Exactly. And you're going to spend the whole show working up to that and be like, oh, that's what that was? And it's like, yeah, it's not that. Yeah, shitty it's job, person. Um, lots of people talking about the final scene. We will talk about it, and we will also talk about the future potential of our coverage of the series. Mm-hmm. But before that, I'm going to skim my notes and attempt to summarize episode 12 of Mobile Suit Gundam Witch from Mercury. Keep marching on instead of running off. Uh, the attack begins on Plant Quetta, and Vim Jedica is very mad at the witches. Mirene is mad at Delling for not seeing her as a priority. Sophie and Nerea, the witches uh, from Earth, are excited to see some action as they start to take out some enemies. Uh, we have a little bit of talk about physical ammo, meaning that you're probably uh, an Earthian because, you know, Spaceians tend to use lasers. There's some interesting stuff there. Uh, Delling is at, uh, stabbed with a huge piece of shrapnel, but he wants his daughter to go on and survive like her mother said that she should do. Uh, we get a lot of battles, lots of kills, both back and forth in uh, and out of space as the Earth House kids prep for escape. Um, it's like a witch I, spares. It's yeah. like it's a bit much to say the battle rages given the scale, but you know the battle simmers. There's a small battle and it's continuing, uh, with smaller scale ish. Yes, um, a witch spares Nika and Earthhouse because she realizes that Nika is an ally of Shadik because she indicates that with her Morse code. Uh, Jeddak gets in the Delanza soul, ready to get the fuck out of Dodge. But meanwhile, his son Guel, who's barely hanging on, really doesn't want to die because quote he hasn't moved forward after Siletta Mercury. Uh, he starts to take out a bunch of dudes with his awesome heat knife and runs into a particularly challenging enemy who he barely manages to beat before the cockpit opens and he realizes that he has killed his father, the one man whose approval he wanted the most. Uh, meanwhile, Prospera rescues Soleta by violently murdering several soldiers with the help of her assistant uh, and tells her that only her and Ariel can save everyone. 
Soletta gets into the aerial and uses gun bits against the witch who's finally here and excited to fight her, and it's time to throw the fuck down. They tackle each other out into space, and uh, Nori is excited as Suleta fires a mega laser, quote, piercing right through her heart. Uh, the laser melts mobile suits like they're butter, and uh, the witches manage to escape to another day. Uh, Kananji remarks that only his bad feelings seem to hit the mark, and he's consistently right about bad things happening. Uh, the girls promise to visit Big Sister Suleta again. Alam and Shadik receive news of this loss, but they choose not to act or get involved just yet in everything that's going on, but they are interested. And finally, before the credits, Suleta pops a big shield and navigator to prepare to find her uh, her partner, Miorine, as we conclude the first core, until a post credit scene reveals that Miorine is taking her father to safety, and she's almost killed before Suleta bursts through the, the hangar in the aerial, squishing this man with the, mobile, with the Gundam, uh, and covered in blood and viscera, she, attend- she attempts to extend a bloody hand out to Miorine, who in shock says, how can you smile like that, and screams murderer as the first core of The Witch from Mercury concludes. Only one notable correction, which is that Gwell only kills one person, which is his dad. Otherwise, he doesn't fight. Dad. He's just running away the rest of the fight. So Okay. But, yeah. Uh, that's the core. Lots of fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the the things I like the best are all the little things, right? Um, yeah. Which means we can't talk about them yet. We have to talk about the big stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what people are coming here for. Um. So. <laughs> What's the good stuff? Well, I mean, we. What's said, the first good thing? The I mean, the first good thing is the ammunition thing, right? That rules. Yeah. Um, where they they're dumping with machine guns and the fucking like plant quite a security guy who is in a Grassley mobile suit. So presumably he's with Grassley is like, yep. I can't believe you motherfuckers are using like physical ammo in space. You're polluting space. And Noria is like, motherfucker, you guys took a shit on earth and then ran away to space. Don't talk to me about polluting. <laughs> you polluted a planet. Uh, space is fine which is it's so good honestly that is such Mm -hmm. a good characterization of both sides of like of course these people who destroyed the earth are now like don't don't throw a shell at our 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 precious like gigantic endless void of space (laughs) like oh it's so it's it's really good like characterization portrayal of these two sides and of the fact that Maybe in this one, space-noids really are the bad guys. The spacians really are the bad guys here. Yeah, we can, like, clearly, cleanly say that for once. Mm-hmm. And the show is saying that. But also, there's, like, you know, maybe some discussion to be had about, like, how a lot of us think, oh, we can just leave Earth and leave all of our problems behind and go to space. And it's like, we still have, we can still pollute space, you guys. Like, even though it's infinite, like, the area that we occupy is still ours, and we can't just, like, throw metal and and bullets everywhere all the time and think that that's fine like there's an actual argument to be made there but ultimately yeah it's it's two different scales they're saying you're polluting your trash over here and the earthians are saying you like poisoned the ozone layer (laughs) right it's it's extremely like it's a valid uh criticism it is just a bad time and coming out of the wrong person's mouth you know yeah exactly um so that was all very fun. And then, like, getting to see Sophie and Norea actually get into some action and, like, upping their permit scores and seeing the toll on their bodies that the permit scores take. I think mm-hmm. it's Sophie who says she can barely hold her snacks down, which yeah. is a very Sophie thing to say. Uh, I liked all of that also. Um, I think that they're going to deal with permit score and, like, the damage from doing that uh, a little bit more next core. I think my problem with that, I liked that portrayal of it. The problem is, again, it comes in the context of... They turn on Antidote, this anti-gun technology, and these folks have, like, leftover Lefris that, they, that they've retooled, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from, from Ox Earth being destroyed, you know, what, like a decade ago or something? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, they've done some good, way, like, like, you know, rigging of this thing, but it's a pretty old mobile suit. And the reveal here is, like, oh, Antidote really just doesn't work. All you have to do is turn it up to four. Suleta's not even mm-hmm. special for being able to resist it. You just have to dial the dial up more. And it's like, that's stupid. That's really dumb, you guys. Yeah. Like, you're, you're setting up your own weird rules that I don't... I'm not into, personally, with the perfect score stuff. It just kind of makes it so that, like... 
it feels like uh, you introduced Antidote as this explanation of why this tech went away and why it was counterable. And then you're like, but wait, this new advanced machine has a counter to the counter. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. And they're like, wait, these old machines do too. All you have to do is, you know, grit your teeth a little bit. It's like, well, then what are we doing? Why did you do any of this? Yeah. yeah, you're making up rules to then like re-contextualize your own rules. Very, mm-hmm. very weird. Um, that's why I think, like I said, they're going to like flesh that out and actually try to like solidify what it means mm-hmm. next season. Yeah. Um, did you feel like the moment where Delling gets stabbed with the, the, whatever, the big shrapnel was like kind of sudden and random? Uh, yeah. I know pretty, like yeah. he's, there's a short conversation before that where Miorini is like, and he's telling her like, you need to get out of here. And like, I'm, I need to get the fuck out of here. And she's like, can you just talk to me? Like I'm your daughter for two seconds, please. And then like next scene we see them, he's basically on the way out. He's dead. Well, he's uh, not. He's still not dead yet. Well, he's hard. He's, the, he's severely injured. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Even at the end of of this season, we're not sure he's actually dead yet. I don't think he is. Likely, they would have shown you know the usual rules of fiction. If they're going to show me a, I have to see a body to know that they're dead. Yeah, it seems but. like they want it to be a question. But if he was dead, they would have that be the end of the season stinger, rather than having is he yeah. dead. If they do, is he dead, and then leave for a season, it's because he's not. Probably exactly. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, then he has this whole thing about like, oh, you, me and your mom actually like, we agreed that we want you to survive no matter what. Um, have we like ever heard about Miorine's mom before now? Am I not remembering that? Only that he's like, fuck you. Only that Miorine has been like, fuck you, keep my mom's name out your mouth. But this is, yeah, this is the one bit of, of Delling actually talking about it and being like, basically like not spelling out the specifics, but being like, Hey, a long time ago. Your mom and I agreed that if anything happened, whoever was whoever was able would do what they could to protect you. And, you know, like as long as one of us survived and basically is like so clearly when there was some sort of accident where your mom died and it was your mom's idea for me to get you out is basically what he's implying. I see. I wonder if they're going to deal with that in any way. I mean, like that matters. I'm sure something kind of reframes her. It reframes her family trauma a little bit like oh, both my parents kind of like had an agreement before life yeah. got difficult for me. I mean, yeah. if there's a, if there's a, an argument for Delling mind to actually be dead, even with the cliffhanger, it's this, right? Because this is mm-hmm. the sort of thing where you do where it's like, oh man, I was Last cursing words. my dad's name up until the moment he died. And it turns out, no, I should be grieving him too. Oh no. Oh yeah. Exactly. Which I am talking in a pretty dismissive way. I mean, it is a pretty, you know, tried and true i guess is the nice way to say it beat um and i don't think it's necessarily bad it's just there are so many things in this episode i dislike that it sort of gets caught up in the wave of negativity i guess i guess that brings me to the next big thing because like yeah there well there is the uh, we can briefly touch on the nika moment Mm -hmm. um the morse code we already know that she has a connection to them but it's interesting to see it like reflected and then also I think one of the other Earth House people sees her doing the Morse code and is like, hey, Nika, what the fuck are you doing? Why yeah, Martin. just survive? Martin catches her, yeah. Martin Upman is the one who's going to crack the plot open. I'm so excited for him. And I was seeing some people um, in a Discord I'm in talking about this, but it's like it really is rough because there are some people who would see this and would be the homie about it, and Martin is not one of them. If Till right. saw this, he's like, we're going to talk later, but for now, I didn't see shit, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know anybody. I don't Till know nothing, would be chill. But Martin, unfortunately, is yeah. going to talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, then we get to the first thing that I'm really curious what you thought about, which is, uh, you know, Jeddak gets in the deal on the soul, and then Guel uh, kills his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fans love Guel Jeddak, and I love him, too. I think he's a fun character who's gone through the ringer in such a short amount of time and has a really great arc with his dad. Um, I don't know how I feel about him killing his dad and what that's going to do for his storyline, though. How did you feel about all this? Yeah, I was actually, I was liking his arc until now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there's sort of, to, to get the pedantic thing out of the way, um, Gundam has always had, like, open comms where people can just say whatever they want while in mobile suits and the other person will hear them, right? And yeah, that's not, yeah. they establish this immediately because then, like, at the end of this little scene, Vim starts talking to Gwell through his radio, right? So clearly they can just do this. And yet when Gwell shouts, wait, I'm not an enemy, I'm Gwell Jeddark, his dad doesn't react to that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's just he like... totally doesn't. That's just them being like, I don't know, 
we want this dramatic beat, but it doesn't actually make any sense. And that's kind of nitpicking. I know what the real thing is, is I feel like this is a thing that I feel like can be hard to get through your head when you are like starting out as a storyteller. And I'm not saying these people are, I'm just saying this is not Mm -hmm. a level one thing, but sometimes tragedy is the easy way out. Sometimes having something end in tragedy is actually the coward move as opposed to actually exploring an idea. You have put... Right, because it's a firm end on a plotline, kind of. Right. Like, you have Gwell, and he is, like, developing... Like, he he has walked away from his, his legacy and his inheritance. He's being confronted with, like, one people misusing it, right, in the form of these terrorists mm-hmm. who have the desulters. And then he's mm-hmm. seeing his dad go aggro, and he, like... He has all this stuff and having it be like, oh, and then he just accidentally kills his dad and now he's going to be heartbroken about that. You're falling into the gravity of tragedy and of stories that anime has told that Gundam has told a thousand thousand times. It is so much more compelling and you would get so much more out of this character if he actually had to sit with his choices and it wasn't just a tragedy. Because if it's just a tragedy, he's just going to cry about it. If Mm -hmm. all this goes down... And his dad doesn't die. His dad, like, maybe he has the moment where he was like, oh, I saw my dad and I didn't say anything because I was ashamed or whatever. That's way more interesting character stuff. You pulled the eject on your Gwell away from the action because it was too hard for you to write. Yeah, there was a lot of meat there that they kind of, like, put into the garbage, basically, with his brother and with his relationship to his dad and to, like, have him, him kill his dad in a moment of I still need, <laughs> in a moment of like I still need to live my life is like just kind of expediting it or, or not even expediting it but just like taking a hard swerve that I wasn't anticipating or really looking forward to um I think if his dad lived we could get so much more of like a reconciliation or deeper tragedy or like more yeah fleshed out tragedy but this kind of says like all right Google's done either he's going to be so bitter and try to become like his dad which I doubt or like what is his face turn even going to look like now because this is now going to change things drastically. Yeah, I mean, or he's just going to Shinji Akari for a while, right? I mean, just, you know, yeah. like I'm poor traumatized boy. And it's like, you set up this whole thing with him trying to find a life outside of mobile suit piloting. And again, it was just you decided it was too hard and you didn't do it. You set up an interesting premise and you decided, but what I'm used to writing is people in the Gundam. So get him back in a Gundam, yeah. I guess. Right. It puts him back in a, in a mobile suit, too. Or, or, it's like, or puts him in, like, the Gundam space of being so traumatized I can't get in a Gundam, which is, can't. like, is as as familiar ground as the RX-78 shooting a, be- a beam rifle. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's a last shooting. That's the, like, narrative equivalent of a last shooting where you're like, yeah, we do this. This is... Yeah. We always do this. Um, yeah, that's a likely arc, is he's traumatized, and then it's like, well, if you really want to save Suleta or whatever, you really want to be a hero, then get back in the mobile suit, and then he finally... Like get does it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, it's very rote, especially if you watched a lot of Gundam. I don't know. Yeah, because the series, like I just was, um, I'm in a separate Discord with someone who just finished this like whole series in the past two days, and they kept coming back to the Utena comparison because like it feels like we've gotten away from that a little bit. Yeah, uh, b- because we're watching it over week to week, but when you binge the whole thing, you're still thinking about that. And he was saying like even to the end, it felt like a uh, Utena my trauma is going to affect me for the rest of my life kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, so I think that the, yeah, there is some, there are other ways to think about this and I, I, I don't like begrudge people who like this, this moment, but I think to both of us, it was just kind of a letdown of like, you're just going to do the Gundam thing. Now you yeah. could have done a lot more interesting things with Guel that you're not now. Definitely not going to do. Yeah. Gundam has been around for more than 40 years. You could do new things. No. Okay. Okay. We're going to do exactly <laughs> what we do. Like didn't, Fucking uh, I mean, Camille. Yeah. Yeah. Though Camille wasn't even that traumatized about it because he fucking hated his dad. <laughs> um, right. Right. Like this is like, I'm sorry, this is seed level. Yeah. And like, I am not a person who thinks every single thing in seed is terrible. I think every single thing in seed is pretty like trite. Doesn't mean it's not. Yeah. Okay, it's not all right sometimes. But like, this mm-hmm. is that level of like, just like. Again, this is this is really mean, and I apologize a little bit. But like, what, like, like, like browsing for ideas on TV tropes. Yeah, tragic murders his dad last moment. Yeah, that kind of thing. 
it's just very basic and it and it's in contrast to like i don't know literally the next scene right with like the prospera suleta mm-hmm. moment which is like that's the meat and potatoes of this show that i found the most interesting is their relationship not necessarily miori and suleta which is why the ending kind of rubbed me the wrong way um i want to get there but like this show has interesting and sort of unique narrative beats and then every once in a while they'll take a character we like and be like ah they're just gonna become a sicko or become depressed because that's what we need to do for the greater story and it's disappointing if um like that that scene the lady prosper and suleta scene is like yeah if you take it out of the context of the rest of this episode, it's just such a fucking good scene. But the problem yeah. is what it does. I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, Suleta's trying to get to the hangar. There are a bunch of terrorists in the way. Um, and she accidentally like bumps the wall and makes a noise. And so they're coming to get her. And then Lady Prosper and her right hand man just shoot them all. And you have Lady Prospera trying to talk her through it. And I think it's really good unless you watch it a couple of times and then there's a problem. Mm-hmm. What's the problem you have with it? So, I mean, you get the really amazing, like, again, one of those moments of really great animation that we just randomly get sometimes in these episodes of, like, Suleta's, like, darting eyes as she's panicking, right? Yeah. That animation is really good as, like, Lady Prospera is just talking to her and she is just trying not to flip out. Um but then at the end of the scene, Lady Prospera, as she's like, like, Mom, how could you? And Lady Prospera is like, I mean, listen, if you move forward, you get two, right? I could have not killed them, and that would have been obviously a good thing, which she doesn't believe what she says for the sake of her daughter. Um, <laughs> but that would have been getting one. By killing them, I save you, and also I help That's you two. save other people. That's two. Um, and at that moment, Soleta's like, sure, I, I guess, okay, right? Because that is the level that that philosophy fundamentally has in her mind of like, yeah, I I accept this as like a good and like valid, but it doesn't like override my logic. And then she turns it to Saleta and she says, are you basically, are you ready to move forward? And in that moment, we see a eye shine on Suleta that is like a spiral light effect that happens in her eye. Yeah. And suddenly, like, she steps forward, her eyes close as if in a trance, and suddenly she's peppy, and she's like, let's do it. And it's like, God damn it! I watched this scene four times, and because I wanted to have a rebuttal to people who were like, and that's Lady Prospera saying her activation phrase. And I'm like, no, it's fucking... Yeah, it is. God damn it. Yeah, it is. It very that likely sucks. is. Yeah. That sucks. Certainly. <laughs> and and it, it, it flattens, like, character development. This is, again, why the ending is worse when you know the context of the series and this scene. Like, this scene makes the ending, like, kind of... If if Suleta, by herself, as an actual real human being who's not being manipulated, literally, like, in, like, hypnosis ways by her mom, comes to the realization that violence is the only answer, then that ending is really interesting because all she wanted was to connect to Miorine, Mm -hmm. and she finally tries to and realizes the way that she got there was by being horrible and distancing them. That's great. And that's why that scene out of context is awesome. But with this, it's like, no, it's just what Niorine doesn't realize is that Soleta is not Soleta anymore. Like she, and there's like symbolism in there, but literally what's happening is she's being entranced. And that's like not cool to me at all. That's not narratively interesting. I feel like I don't like that kind of beat in general. I don't think this show at any point needed a would you kindly fucking moment. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. It's especially irresponsible for the characters to do this to like to to like do this as like a, a like a cliffhanger right before the show disappears for months that's really irresponsible if you want to do this and engage with it okay but this is just like this is pure like just pure like sicko shock shit in a way that i just find obnoxious um it's really yeah, it's, uh... it really stings that this is the end of that scene that is that is otherwise really good Everything with Prosper and Soleta is good if it's not hypnosis or if it's not, like, <laughs> yeah. mind control. It's so interesting if she's like, I don't know, you want to save your girlfriend? Then fucking do it. Then go kill people. You have to. Okay, mom, I guess I do have to. Now I regret it instead of, like, yes, mother. Like, come on. And it's almost subtle, almost subtle enough that I think they could pivot and not just do that. But, but the ending, the eyes change. like, the post credit scene just... 
torpedoes any possibility of it. Yeah. Of, like that's the that's well, we'll get there in a minute. But that's the the thing about the post credit scene is if you you pitch the basic scene to me, and I am like hesitantly on board, and everything about their execution is dog shit, my man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh let's let's get there. There's a fight scene here. It's supposed to be the big like a set piece of the episode where or Suleta fights Noria. Mm-hmm. Uh the melee parts of this fight are really fun. I'm personally another anime trip I'm kind of tired of is like here's my big laser. Like I like it in Sentai shows a lot because it's repetitive and it always happens in that it matters that like we earned the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. And here it just feels like she's so angry that she can finally tap into what Ariel could have done all along, which is an incredibly powerful fuck off laser. I, uh, I, and it also like you're in space, like shooting a railgun in space. It's not instant. Like you see the laser travel, it's fast. But, like, it doesn't work like a sniper rifle. It just makes a beam of death that, like, melts uh, Noria's legs. And she's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. It doesn't even do any... Like, it, it's scary. And it blows up a couple of suits. But, like, it's not that useful here. I guess I have a couple of pushbacks on this. Because I think I, I see where you're coming from, right? And I think I could have been in the same place. But there are a couple of things. One is, yeah. I don't think she could have done this all along. I think this is the, like, rebuild aerial. And what it can do. I oh. think it's a demonstration of how Lady Prospera has taken the aerial, which was already like a machine of war, but kind of like graceful in some ways, and just been like, no, fuck you, balls out violence. Um, yeah, like a death machine. Another thing that is really interesting is they mentioned this, and I ended up diving into this because I don't, I think this is like something the show has legitimately just fucked up, is something in uh-huh. in like side material that's in the show, but they don't say properly. Have you noticed that sometimes the beams are green and sometimes they're pink? Yeah. What's up with that? Green beams are training beams. Anytime you see a duel at the school, they are shooting green beams and swinging green beam sabers because they are intentionally limited in ways to keep from actually hurting someone. That is why they can do the duels the way they can, because I don't this detail. I'm just guessing. But I bet if you swung a green beam saber at a cockpit, it wouldn't cut through. Right. So then you're saying it matters here that well what what color is the bla- the laser that you the eraser beam is green, and oh, that's why the guy is like Jesus Christ it's that strong when it's in fucking like it's been set Training to stun mode. like what the fuck I see and that is interesting yeah I didn't actually pick up on that I don't think the show has done a great job of making that not explicit. at all not at all uh, but that's interesting that's like a yeah there's way more potential to this death machine than you could have ever imagined oh, yeah I'm mm-hmm. into that. Um, so yeah, I mean, this fight scene's another good, like, animation showcase, whatever, and I like Noria, I think she's fun, or Norea, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole, like, oh, you pierced right through my heart. I saw another, like, mutual of ours being like, oh my god, it's like such a good gay moment. And I just, sometimes I feel so distanced from the queer <laughs> anime community. Right? I feel like I'm fucking 800 miles away, and it makes me feel weird, but I'm like, what do you mean? I know what you mean, but what do you mean? <laughs> Like, it's, and whatever, it's people posting online. I'm not going to be like, can you explain your fucking shit post tweet to me? That's the worst thing I could ever do. But for me, I'm just like, the the gun assembling itself and everyone freaking out, and then she shoots the laser. That's that's just great to look at. I, Even though it's something I see in anime a lot. I, I think I want to go a little harder on the, the, like, queer community thing, right? Because this is such hmm. classic, like, it is the, it, it, listen. I am part of queer Twitter, and yeah. nearly all of my friends are queer, and obviously both of us are, right? So, like, mm-hmm. know that this criticism comes of, of a place of, like, criticizing my own, right? Talking to my friends or friends of friends. But, like, if you have a sicko lady in an anime yeah. and, like, the dude, like, like shoots at her and misses... And and she's like, ooh, that makes me horny. Y'all are like, wow, this is fucking cringe. But if the girl, yeah. if it's a girl shooting another girl, suddenly you think it's kinky. Like, guys, you have to yeah. have some standards. I just ha- I didn't have standards. It's this fucking. She's supposed to be like a flirty character, and that's it's fine. like they've talked about yeah. people in the future don't think about sexuality as rigidly as we do. It's that's great. Whatever this isn't like a win in any way and it's not that like cool or sexy to me personally this is i want yeah this is you I getting a lesbian. getting a, a mcdouble from 
from B McDonald's and saying this burger sucks and then getting served the same burger at your local restaurant and saying it rules. It's the best burger I ever made. It's like it's a McDouble. It's the same <laughs> thing, guys. You just it's context matters. Yeah, you just need to you guys need to get over yourselves a little bit. I I if you want to be here for gay content, that's great. But like <laughs> talk about some actual gay content. Not just a sicko saying generic sicko lines. Like, yeah, gay content like Elon and Shariq being like, ooh, big laser. We should probably get involved in <laughs> That this reminds me point. of a penis. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, big dick energy. Uh, yeah, that's just setting up next season. It's fine. There's nothing to say about that. And then... And I do like Sophie, for the record. I think she's great. Yeah. but We'll see you later, big sister Suleta, because they're all witches. I mm -hmm. get it. They're going to do more witch stuff next season. That, I'm excited for it. It's in the name of the show. Uh, I almost feel like ending the core on what we get before the credits would have been better. Like, I need to go yeah. find my girlfriend. Okay, great. Go do it. Good luck. That's awesome. The search for, for Miorine in the wreckage begins. That's a great way to start the second core. I mean... And then there is more. <laughs> there's a whole other ass scene. Yeah, it's like, I think that would have been bad just because that wasn't enough, like, to chew on for months. Yeah, But, like... Sure. It isn't. But it's a core. It's not a season. Well, they said season, though. I guess they I said guess we'll yeah. see you again in season two. So it is a season. Okay, um, fair enough. I mean, I th I think like it would have been a bad ending, but it would have been a bad ending of like like what I would have said when I saw it was like, damn, those production troubles really hit hard. Well, fair enough, right? Right. They ran out of plot here. As opposed to the post credit scene where I go, I wish I hadn't watched that. Uh, okay. We're going to talk about it now. Uh, if you stayed after the credits, you saw Miorine wheeling, uh, dying, uh, Delling. I'll save you no matter what, so I can curse you all night while you're in the hospital bed. A man pulls a gun on her, and you're like, oh my god. He says, found you, Delling, Rembrandt. And she's like pushing the stretcher out of the way. Even if I can't get back to Earth, I'm taking you down with me. Oh my god, is Miorine going to kill someone? Uh, no. We get the smash. We get Suleta. We get the squish, which feels like some, like, Ano, Hideaki Ano shit. Yeah. Like, look how fucked up this is. Look how fucking violent is this, isn't it? And it's supposed to be, a like, the most severe violence that you've seen. Right. And it's not a gunshot. It's it's a child going, oh, no, you don't, squish. And then to see the human hand roll off and land next to Miorine. It's a little edgy. It's a little bit, like, too much for me. And then the blood, like, being all chunky and gross. I yeah. was like, this isn't like the least subtle thing I've ever seen in my life. I feel like I'm watching a different anime right now. Uh, it feels like it then, feels like you would try to put this in a Danganronpa show, and they would say, "No, come on." Jen said the same thing. She well, she was like, "This gives me Danganronpa vibes." She, she's she, like, "I like seeing a character who's normally nice become a sicko." Totally valid. Speaking of me feeling really isolated from the queer community in 2022, I played um, Danganronpa's one and two. Thinking, like, I'm finally going to understand everyone's, like, fandom for this. And I still don't. And I'm so mad about it. I'm fucking pissed. I played both of them. They're so long. I mean, I get it. Like, I understand how fandom works. I just personally wasn't, like, enamored with the games. One was pretty uh, good. One is... It, it's good. It's not bad. It's just, like, I the was, obsession. I was lucky enough that when I when I um, read one, because I didn't watch it, um, yeah, I read, read a, a like, an old... Yeah, an old Let's Play on something awful... And they yeah. were like, you know, here are screenshots and text and description, and here are videos for the executions, and I just never clicked those videos. Much better experience. Yeah, yeah. but this is like a very Danganronpa-type scene, or somebody attempting to do that, mm -hmm. and then like, oh, you murderer, you sicko, uh, and all the, the goopy bloody hand. It's just so beating you over the head with it. It's so unsubtle. And I don't understand why people like this scene so much. I mean, there are people who are just like, who like seeing some good blood and guts in a show. And like, yeah. that's fine. You know, it is not me, but I am not, I like, truly, there are, okay, there are times when people, there are times when I say I'm not judging and I'm fucking lying, <laughs> right? But I'm right. not actually. Like, you know what? That's not my scene. But like, if you're like, man, I love it when I uppercut someone in Mortal Kombat and their head explodes seven times, like, good for you, you know? I don't enjoy that, but it's fine. That part of it, whatever. The problem is this exists in a show that I've watched, and that's it is character assassination. <laughs> yeah. The thing that it, really it, got it crushed really when is. that hand swung down was 
the Sula already character. incredibly fragile character of Suleta. Yeah. Um, and Miorine's character, say you're going to, like, literally last week, say you, I, I need you to need me. I need to need you. Like, we have this, like, beautiful codependence that matters to both of us. Okay, great. And then immediately, like, don't ever talk to me again, you sicko. I can't believe you killed someone. Yeah, we literally like, didn't get a single scene of them with their new understanding. Not a yeah. single scene. We're straight into, okay, our relationship's back in the toilet, I guess. Bummer. And, like, I think, like, I think the way the gore is done, like, yeah, again, I, I understand if you just like it on pure aesthetic level, but I think having a, like, a severed arm bounce off of Miorne's shoulder as she's staring just is not the vibes. And I think, no. like, the, like, Suleta slipping in the blood and doing the haha, I'm such a klutz is just like. Mm. There is no explanation for this in the character that she has in this show. I hear people saying, like, no, she's disassociating. Do you, have you ever disassociated before? Because, let me tell you, I've noticed what was, like, when you're disassociating, it's like, I don't know, it's a complicated thing to describe, right? Yeah. But it yeah. isn't like you laugh about murdering people really gorily. That's not what disassociation is, and frankly, it's kind of insulting that you think that. Right. And it's not realistic and it's not in line with her character that much to suddenly be so intensely violent. Like, what is in line with her character is, like, let, let's build up to a moment like this and not have it be this gleeful, like, haha, I'm a fucking sicko now. It's, I have to kill people because it means that I can finally find Miorine and now I'm sad about it. Like, shit, like, Guel's arc actually makes plenty of sense for Soleta, where mm -hmm. she kills somebody that matters and is like, I'm miserable about this because I thought I was helping people. Yeah. But, like, this, like, I squished a random nobody... And I'm like happy about it, and then my girlfriend hates me. Is like you, you, you this is like character assassination, 100. <laughs> percent And it's also really shitty because it's like I mean, I I did a lot of discussing this with other people because I needed to understand what anyone saw in this, right? Yeah. Um, what did you get out of that? Um, I don't talk to people. one of them is the disassociating <laughs> thing, which I just I really like. I I really kind of object to because again uh -huh. I feel like it is like. It, it's it's too hyperbolic to say it's villainizing people who disassociate, but it is it is a clear misunderstanding of what disassociation is to think that it turns you into a killer, like no, mm -hmm. um, a gleeful like serial killer, um, but like other things that I like people there were people who are saying things like I really like this for Miorine because Miorine who is running now running this like company with gunned arm and stuff is now being confronted point blank with the violence that the things she builds cause, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't think that works for a lot of reasons. Like, I, I understand it. I think you could have done that. But, like, one, she didn't build the aerial. Right. She just pilots it. We've got no, like, material of Gundarm is building mobile suits. The emphasis has entirely been on prosthetics. And there uh -huh. hasn't, like, they don't do any prosthetic analog stuff specifically in this shot. And then, like, also, like, I mean, if you wanted to do that, right, without having it be a machine she literally built, have it be about gun format. Have it be this. Because that mo the motion she does is swatting a bug, right? Yeah. And on exactly. the one hand, the way we get it, it's a reading of, like, she's such a sicko, she sees other people as bugs. But mm -hmm. the other way you could do it is... Gund works on reading your brainwaves, and you could have Soleta pop out and be like, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, it, like, I had a reflex reaction to get rid of this guy, and Gund acted on it, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be a moment of, like, Suleta did more than she intended to, and she's freaking out a little bit, but also Miorine is like, Jesus Christ, this is what the tech I'm working on can do, right? Yeah. They don't yeah. do any of that. And then to top it all off, they have Suleta slip in the blood, laugh about it, and then extend a hand covered in blood, which, like, again, people making the disassociate, she's disassociating so hard she doesn't notice she's covered in blood. No, that's not how disassociating works. <laughs> disassociating doesn't take you to the chaos dimension. That's not what happens. Yeah, it's a, there's a trauma response that leads to you doing really severe, harmful things like this. It's not called dis dissociating, it's called like <laughs> personality disorders, you know? And, it, and like another thing is people talk about like, well, she just hopped out of the aerial. Right. And they're like, well, throughout mm -hmm. this show, 
Suleta's personality dramatically changes every time she's in the aerial. I don't think it does. I think she is more confident because she's surrounded by friends. The aerial, right? She's with mm. friends. She's with family. And so she gets more confident. But it's not like suddenly her priorities change. She always has the same priorities. It's just that she feels confident and supported. Like, if, like, she is Socrates and Ariel is her, f- her friend going, fuck him up, Socrates. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just enabling her, like, worst impulse, you're saying? I mean, I, I, like, I don't think her worst, I mean, in this scene, I guess so. I, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. guess that's the reading. I just think it doesn't make sense with what we've seen because Ariel has been shown, from what we can understand, Ariel has been shown to be pretty sympathetic. Ariel has done things where she's talking to Ariel about, like, is everyone else okay? And Ariel clearly says, yes, Ariel cares about other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which also, it's, it's got its own personality, right? Like feeding into that, right? We have the moment where she does say like, is Mjorne okay? And right after she says that the cockpit pulses and she's like, mm, you're right. 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 So right. like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think we're probably all past the point of, of debating whether or not Ariel has a voice and is talking to her. I think we all can agree on that now but mm-hmm. just you know just in case it's still in some people's minds a little bit um yeah i don't have much else to say about it other than it's a bit of a letdown of a final scene and i have my like hesitations about big moments being in post credit scenes also yeah uh i am like embarrassed to think about somebody starting the second core and not seeing this and being like what the fuck happens because like Another show that does this, um, did you ever watch The Venture Brothers or Venture Brothers? I've, I've seen episodes here or there, but not really. Venture Brothers is a really great cartoon that uh, builds on its own plot and universe in really interesting ways. Like every episode is canonical. So even though it feels like it's a, you know, Johnny Quest send up, it becomes like a deeply meditative like story about like uh, familial trauma, whatever that's adult swim kind of in, in that weird adult swim way. But anyways, like in the second season onward, Almost every episode has a, like, really plot-crucial moment happen after the credits. And when I watched that show for the first time, uh, I didn't watch those because I didn't know that they existed. And I kept on finding myself going, like, what the fuck is happening? I'm losing the plot. What am I missing? It turned out I was literally missing scenes. And so that's why I think about, like, with Witch from Mercury, you come back in a year or whatever, and you're like, what? Soleta killed someone in front of Miorina and she hates? I don't remember that. And that's just dumb. It's a dumb thing about the way that TV is made sometimes. Because it's played as like a twist mm-hmm. also. It's not a twist. It's like an actual thing that happens and matters to the storytelling. Um, any other thoughts? Any thoughts on the episode you want to vent? Yeah, I mean, I guess like, I guess I should save the big thing because we're going to have a whole conversation in a minute here. Um, yeah. But like, it, it just, I feel like the ending, the post credit scene ties into one of the things about this first season here, which is we've talked about like, it hasn't been every episode. I think they've done a little better about this as they've gone on, but a lot of episodes like having in the last moments, setting up a twist of cliffhanger and then like immediately being like, wait, no, never mind. Right. We have Gwell saying like, will you marry me? And then immediately it's like, wait, no, I didn't mean marry me. And then you have like, uh, you've set up your company, but I've set up a rule to make there be no companies. And it's just like, okay, we're going to fight you so that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you can't twist set up like this, I think work in the middle of an episode, right? Because in the middle of an episode, it feels like, Oh, this is an adjustment to the flow of the story. We thought we know what the story being told was. And there are suddenly there are other problems and other priorities. We didn't realize at the end, even when it is done well, and very often the show has done it badly. It always feels cheap. It does. Uh, and it's, it just say yeah. It feel it feels like oh like gotcha like like you didn't you you thought that things were gonna be normal but actually they're fucked up and like in a, as a person who values like optimism and earnestness in my television it's just kind of disappointing to be like okay yep this relationship is still not gonna go well for a while okay tragedy continues and meanwhile I'm like I love pessimism I'm a complete pessimist right but yeah, like yeah. I value when you tell a story. And don't start seven different stories and never finish any of them. Yeah. It's like going to the buffet and getting like every single side dish. And then you, you it's like 
okay, it's time to eat food now. And you're like, what food? I'm full. It's like, no, wait, you didn't eat anything. You didn't do the thing. You didn't tell the actual story you were trying to tell. It's, yeah. Like, you can't, like, you have these beats. Like, you know, like this episode with Suleta and Miorine. And it's like, or last episode, I guess I mean. And it's like, yeah. for these to mean anything, you have to let them breathe. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it is just a series of cliffhangers, and I don't care. I can't. I only have so much grip strength. I spent can't send, spend my entire life on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> that's a, I think that's a really good note to end on. Can't spend your whole life on the end of a cliff. But we've kept our, our listeners on the end of a cliff long enough that they didn't even know about. Here's our end of episode post credits plot twist. Are we coming back? If we are, it's not weekly. Do you want to come back? I could come back like every three episodes or something. You're right, not weekly. Um, yeah. I just am too annoyed at this show and too consistently disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, I think, I think too, that like I liked d- deep, deep diving into this. It does give you a sort of brainworms that like makes it so you're distanced from every fan of the show mm-hmm. who's just watching it like a normal person and not overanalyzing it. Uh, but I think it would be we could get closer to how people are watching it if it's just every three weeks you were like, hey, what's going on in Witch for Mercury? Oh, it's still good. Thirty minutes in and out, you know. I think that would be better for us. On the other hand, though, right? Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. what if I we took this time that we've been using to record podcasts on the Witch for Mercury? And we did more quorums, right? We did more Ooh. talking about Pokemon and Monster Hunter and maybe other things. Like, that's the thing is it's like, this time doesn't come from nowhere for us. We're both pretty busy. Yeah. I would have a lot more fun doing that. Like, what if maybe, like, at the end of season two, I wrote as a Patreon update, like, hey, I guess I watched it. Or maybe I didn't, right? Because that's another possibility is I might not i will eventually obviously i watch everything gundam on a long enough time scale i'm broken yeah but like there's well also there's so little of it coming out week to week that like when something comes out i'm just gonna watch it because like there i'm not gonna get this every day sure i mean i'm behind enough right that if i wanted to i could be watching one of a dozen other gundam shows i haven't seen yet week to week uh-huh. so uh-huh. um so i don't know if i will but like yeah i i just i don't know that I like this show enough, especially like I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's just fun to do this kind of like conversation with you. I love talking about yeah. media with you. It's very fun. And you're a really good, you know, partner in this, in this stuff. Um, you too. But I feel like if I wanted to do this again, I would want to do it with a show that felt more worth it. Right. And not mm-hmm. like, I mean, worth this kind of discussion. Maybe as you say, like once we're a little more casual about it, we'll feel a lot better about the show Uh but right now i'm sitting here being like oh i'm like seeing suleta's eyes shine and being like wait didn't gwell's eyes do a shine in like episode one or two and going back and it just doesn't reward thinking that hard about it it's not that smart Mm -mm. it's just it's it's light entertainment and we're trying to make a 45 minute podcast every week about it i think then the option is maybe at three weeks, three episodes into it, the next season, we analyze, hey, this is something that we like have like strong thoughts about, or is this just business as usual? Because if it's business as usual, then I'm not okay. we don't need to come back to it. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Is three episodes in we decide if we want to record. We're not promising you we will do it. We will pro- we're promising you we'll ask each other if we think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um I guess my last thought is I thought a little more about it, and actually, I don't think any of the aerials are that cool <laughs> so far. Any of the aerials? Yeah. I don't think their designs are that good. Aerial or aerial rebuild or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's, the, it's not the most memorable. I like the face. I like the head part, the but otherwise, yeah. it's just another Gundam protagonist suit. I can't wait, I can't wait for you guys to get to it on uh, Mechanese then. <laughs> yeah, eventually, huh? Probably we'll wait for the show to finish so we can talk about variants enough, but yeah. That's true. I missed my shot on the fucking Delanza soul, huh? I mean, I guess in a way I didn't, right? I said it, I said it would be mass production, which is wrong, but I also said it would be protecting Plant Quetta and show up in like the next episode, and I was right about that. Yeah, right. Protecting in the sense that 
Van Cheddar wants to get out with it. It's his his, his escape. Yeah, Serp, you know what? I think I pretty much dismissed. You're right. <laughs> I give myself too much credit. Um, yeah, the the clone theory still holds. It hasn't been disproven. It still yet. holds. Yes, it does. That's true. I was thinking about that. The post credit scene. Yeah. Well, okay. You okay? You know what would? Okay. 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 There's no way they do this. But if they start season two and Suleta comes forward and Mjolnir is like, what the fuck? And then Suleta's like, that literally wasn't me. That was literally a different clone. Oh. Then then I apologize, right? Then I then apologize. We're <laughs> then we're back. But that's there's no way. No. That also like takes away from the emotional weight of this ending too. That it's just like, just kidding. Like they pulled. The, that's annoying in its own. Sh- sure, way. but I guess I would rather them take away the emotional weight than li- than like they're taking away the emotional weight because right now they put it on my back and I don't fucking appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my back is hurting from the weight, emotional weight. So I'm supposed to live that's with my legs, sentence. not with my back. Ooh. Is that like Let's a leg fetish lift. thing? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Let's lift this podcast out of here with our words. Sure. Alan, where can people find you in your work? If you like hearing me talk about TV, my main other gig is Chats, colon, a television podcast. That's C-H-A-T-Z, colon, a television podcast. My best friend and John and I do something sort of like this, but with two episodes of TV a week. Uh, and it's, you know, a fun weekly show that we do, like a book club, but for TV. And that can be found at chatspod.com or patreon.com slash chatspod. Uh, as this comes out, uh, latest episode, of course, is on, uh, you've been doing, uh, not only are you doing the, like the weekly episodes, which have been on sense eight recently, uh, some great mm-hmm. stuff there. Also your most recent episode, unless something comes out in the next like six hours, cause this is pretty fast turnaround on this podcast, yeah. um, is going to be your monthly episodes on star Trek, the next generation. You talk tackled season four every three months. Oh, three months. Excuse me. Yes. You know, I was, yeah. I, I said it and I was like. God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> like just it for is, your for your life, for your life. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've listened to your Star Trek episodes so far, and uh, it's great. I love hearing y'all talk about this show that I have a lot of respect for, but have a little too impatient for myself. Yeah, it's been tough getting. It was tough for a while, but now that the show is good, and because neither of us have the self control to watch slowly. We always like it becomes like a week of just Star Trek where it's like, don't talk to me. I'm watching Star Trek and that's really fun. So also, I'm like slightly embarrassed by the latest Trek chats because I was feverishly sick for about two thirds of it. So you can hear me almost faint during that episode, <laughs> but it's still a fun discussion. And by the end of it, I'm like uh, already on the mend. But I mean, I already so sick at the beginning of the year. I had already edited two podcasts where you were like that. So I was I knew. Yeah, what was <laughs> you can hear me. Yeah. One of the Oops More Animes is also like that week. That yep. bad week that we mm-hmm. don't talk about anymore. Anyways, what about you, Six? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Six Detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. I keep my DMs open there. Anyone can DM me for questions, comments, requests for any Scanline media. Oh, shit, I forgot. Okay, but that's true. Um, and also you can find my work at ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon. It comes to Scanline Media. One more thing, Alan, that I forgot. What's that? Uh, our, our friend Vi on Twitter who keeps, you know, sending questions... Uh, was just sending some general comments, but it's something I decided to adapt into a question because they watched it with some folks who hadn't seen the show in Gundam before, right? And the the season ended, and they were like, that was great. We want to watch more Gundam. What do you recommend to someone... Oh, thanks for the DM, Alan. Um, Mm -hmm. You got it. What do you recommend to someone who this is their first Gundam? What do they watch in between seasons? Revolutionary Girl Utena. No, more Gundam, you fool. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So Revolutionary Girl Utena has mobile... No. Uh, Otherwise, I would just say Lucky... No, I wouldn't say Lucky Star. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. You want the kidding. character stuff? Do you want, like, the war tragedy? Just watch 0079. Do you want the, like, political wheeling and dealing? Go watch 00. Do you want, like, funny character silliness? Jump ahead to Double Zeta. I feel there like go. it's going to be hard making a lot of these... Like, this is a contingent of people that we don't tend to talk to because I feel like this is a this is a wall that some people have in their minds and you have to break through because there's just a much better world waiting for you, right? But uh-huh. there are a lot of people who are like, I just can't watch a show before 2000. They look so terrible. You're wrong. They look amazing. You do need to develop an eye for it, but... Yeah. 
Um, that's why I'm saying you can watch Double O. It looks like a modern anime. Yeah, Double O is probably the pick. Um, I think you're right. But about I also that. like recommending Double Zeta to people because one of my favorite things to do is make people on the internet a little bit salty. And I want everyone who says that you have to watch the first two series to be angry at me. And so I'm going to say, if you want the goofy character stuff, like I said, just jump ahead to Double Zeta. Double there Zeta was is a Zeta. really good show. It is really good by itself. And I, yeah, whatever. It builds on certain things. Not as much as everyone's going to tell you. Don't let the Gundam fandom tell you that you have to do everything a certain way. Just watch TV. It's fun. The anime's good. I, you know, I hope, I, I, hope I, I piss someone off. Since, since you've already handled, I think, most of the good answers, I'm going to go with a sicko answer. Yes. You should watch Gundam Unicorn before you watch too much good Gundam and realize it sucks. <laughs> you should get out of the way where you still might like it. <laughs> the Laplace box. If you want some mystery box Gundam. Mm. If you want some clones. <laughs> yeah, you want some all the nonsense, all the bad stuff from Mushroom you, Mercury. Where does that kind of originate? If you where want, is that pulling from? If you want a murder sicko. Oh, wait, that's narrative. Yeah. Sorry, that's narrative. Oh, My wait, bad. that's, yeah. Damn narrative. it. Well, listen, this is much narrative after after that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are going to be, like, that is kind of a serious recommendation. I think my my reasoning is, is a little bit, like, jokey, right? I do think uh-huh. as you watch more Gundam, you will realize, like, oh, wait, these have really deep writing and characterization and Unicorns is stupid. But, like, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, there are plenty of people who will probably, like, this because this is their first mecha show and they love seeing like the modern anime mecha spectacle unicorn's great yeah. for that unicorn the fights are gorgeous it's so fun to look at yeah. so fun to look at and if you just want to hear hear a generic person do their own equivalent of a, you know if you move forward you get two. may i introduce mm-hmm. you to banadger links <laughs> oh yeah only for him, it's not really endearing. He just sort of says it because he's a generic anime boy. But, you know. Oh, and what about if they like gay shit? What do they do? Revolutionary girl Utsu. <laughs> you want gay Gundam? <laughs> Fucking Iron-Blooded Orphan season one. I don't know. I mean, listen, you get both sides of the gay there, right? There's the boy-boy stuff, and then there's the girl-girl well, the girl, girl stuff is mostly girl-girl talking about how much they love the boy. So that's kind of rough. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's like boy-boy. That's just uh, failing the Beckdale test. You're looking for gay Gundam. If you're looking for gayer Gundam than this, you're not going to find it. It doesn't exist. This is the gayest Gundam that exists, and that's like damning with faint praise. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, it's not a compliment necessarily. Uh, okay, I, if if your cheat answer is Utana, mighty cheat answer is Code Geass. Yeah. All right. I've never seen it. There are your recommendations, folks. Do with them what you will. Also, build some Gunpla. Gunpla rule. I've been trying to. Robots. I almost bought one recently. I finished up my uh, uh, Double Zeta Verka MG. Um, uh-huh. I need to do a little more work on it, though, because two things. One, I want to attach the decals because it's a fucking MG Verka. You might as well do the decals, right? Um, and the other thing is its transformation gimmick is too good and I can't get it to stand. Because its legs can turn into things. It's oh. like you slide them around. It's like, if you do this, they lock into place. And I say, no, they fucking do not. Weird. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not good. But it's a, you know, it's a kit with a good reputation. So I'm sure I'm just fucking something up. And I'll get someone to tell me, like, hey, you do this. And then it will actually stand up and not immediately bend at the mm-hmm. knee and fall down. It's cool as shit, though. Goddamn. I kind of want it. Uh, but anyway. Easy work, huh? Ooh. Isn't it a pal? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's from Double Zeta Gundam. You should watch it. <laughs> but great suits, great characters, great stuff. What? Just some Walmart. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you. I, we had a brain meld moment there. All right. Well, until next time, folks. They're prob. You know what? That's the wrong thing to say. I hope you enjoyed the season. Thank you for joining us. Suleta. It's like Amara. Suleta forget a... <laughs>